0: This is realestateinvestingmastery.com. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. So glad you're here. Uh, Alex is not with me today. I apologize. I just basically threw this together at the last minute. I, I've been uh, talking to a good friend of mine. His name is Mark Evans. I'm going to be interviewing him on this podcast. And um, I wanted to get this recorded and out the door ASAP because this is uh, it's going to be such a good call. And um, so I'm glad you're here. By the way, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com and uh, check out the free fast cash survival kit that we have there. It's um, chock It's chock full of really valuable information on how Alex and I flip deals, whether they have equity or not. We cover everything in there, basically open up our business for you to explore and review and take what you like out of it. And it's absolutely free, right? And if you don't like it, we'll give you your money back. So go ahead, go to the website. And uh, by the way, also, um, check us out on iTunes. We've been getting some really cool reviews. And if you didn't listen a few episodes ago uh, we read one of our reviews from a guy um, and it was hilarious. So I, I put out the challenge out there that if you guys can leave another review that's funny, as funny or funnier then uh, then I believe, I forget his name, I apologize. But uh, I don't know, I'll give you 50 bucks. <laughs> but it was uh, such a funny review, check that out. We, uh, we're number two in iTunes under real estate investing uh, when it comes to the number of of positive reviews. We've received over 115 five-star reviews and we really appreciate that. And so, um, we're asking for more. We, uh, Sean Terry is number one. We're good friends with Sean, but I'm always trying to get more reviews than him. So I'd appreciate checking us out on iTunes. And if you like the show, leave us a review. But today's guest, a real good friend of mine, Mark Evans. I've known Mark for a little over a year now. And, um, this guy is amazing when you hear what he's doing uh it just it'll blow you away. Um I he was actually in St. Louis with his fiance about a year well how long ago was it Mark? 6 8 months Been ago. Been over a year. <laughs> Has it really? Been over a year. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, anyway, he was he was <laughs> here in, just traveling around the world. He came to St. Louis for a month, I think, cuz you you know, you had nothing better to do, I guess. He's got a, No, he's got an amazing story. Uh, his goal is to pretty much travel the world, um, and uh, before you know, before he decides to settle down. But he's going to talk all about that because he's got an amazing story, and I can't wait to share it with you all. So, Mark, welcome to the podcast. How are you?
1: Great, Joe. Thanks a lot for having me, buddy. How are you?
0: Real good. Excited about this. Um, yeah, me too. Let's start from the beginning. What were you doing pre-real estate days?
1: Pre real estate days, I was dreaming about real estate. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: um,
1: you know, actually, I, I you know, I grew up in a small town in our east of Ohio, so everybody's farmers where I'm from, yeah. And or work at a local mill or just construction of some sort. But what I did is, um, honestly, I started real estate when I was at the, right before I turned 19 years old. So on most people's books, I guess pre real estate, I was in high school, <clears throat> but. I did own a seamless gutter company. My first, I bought a, I bought a business actually one month out of high school, just like real estate with owner financing. So I bought a seamless gutter company. I was working like a dog, and the people I was working for were all investors. And I'm like, that you know, I'm not again because I was not that smart, Joe. I was like, I kind of figured out kind of quick. Like, I'm working harder than they are. I'm making less than they are, and they're bossing me around. Right. <laughs> so I was like, I caught on pretty quick saying. I need to figure out how to put myself in their shoes, make more money, and boss other people around to do the hard work. And uh, that's when the journey of real estate investing took off for me, right before I was 19.
0: 19. So what did you do? Read a book? See a late-night infomercial or or what?
1: Yeah, Yeah, actually, I saw a late-night infomercial. You know, come to my seminar for a day and, you know, learn to be rich or whatever. And I went to that and, you know... Then they, you know, they offer you the three day thing after that, right? Which is smart. It's very good business and it yeah. works well. And, uh, I, um, I gave them every last dime I had. Actually, um, because I knew, again, I knew real estate is the, I mean, it's created the most millionaires out of any living thing out there that we can touch and do with any investing wise. So I was like, you know, again, put two and two together. I got to be there. I got to learn and I got to implement.
0: Nice, nice. So, what were what were some of the things they taught you to do at those events?
1: Um, well, the, I, you know, again, I just went to one event, and okay. I was sitting there. Uh, funny story, you know, I drove all the way down there. To, you know, I drove down to Florida; that's where the event was from Ohio. Keep in mind, I've only traveled out of the state one time in my entire life prior to this.
0: Yeah, you were you were so, nineteen nineteen years old at the time, right?
1: Um, Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. Yep. Right about to turn nineteen. About a month and a half before I was nineteen, but I drove down there and you know straight through to be honest you know i had no money i had no credit i had no clue what i was doing but i did have a goal to go down there and just learn and what he taught me the guy there was about 65 people in the room mostly way older than me um age wise and uh, but we we're all there eager to learn i sat in the front row grabbed my pen and paper and watched one thing happen honestly joe it changed my life he uh he picked up the paper. This is when people use newspapers. <laughs> yeah. He picked up the newspaper, and he said, okay, guys, we're going to call sellers. And um, he called, like, two people, and one person said yes. And being 18 and a guy, I was very confident in myself. He did that, and I was like, I can do that. And nice. literally, that's when it all clicked. Nice. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, well, then, then what happened? You, did you um, yeah. move <laughs> back to Ohio and start doing deals?
1: Yeah, actually I was already in Ohio I mean I was in Ohio but I was in Florida just for the three days. Okay. Yeah. Um I mean I went straight to the room, what right you know, that day after you know you know you go to your room or whatever or go out to dinner. I had no money so I went up the room and had Cheez Its and Doritos and uh <laughs> grabbed the local newspaper. This is um Fort Myers newspaper, grab it and just started calling sellers. Done the same exact thing he did. I was, you know, I was too, I was too dumb not to know what I was doing right or wrong.
2: Yeah.
1: And talked to a lot of people, and the truth, you know, I had a lot of people say yes. So again, I was doing it just for more uh, repetition, and then finally, it gave me confidence. I jumped in the car, drove home, and it, it, it was Sunday night when I got home, and we got the paper Sunday. I grabbed it and I started putting deals together literally within 24 hours from that point on.
0: You know that I was. Uh, I did a boot camp about six or eight months ago in Detroit, Michigan. And we did the same exact thing. Um, This was a three-day event. We uh, asked students to bring their newspapers or to find an ad on Craigslist. And we started calling sellers live right there in front. But then what we did is we only did that for about 20, 30 minutes. And then we said, all right, now it's your turn. And uh, you could see the look of fear and panic on everybody's eyes, You know, like, oh, no, I have to do this. They said, no, yeah. we're going to be here. We'll help you. It's okay. It's all right if you make a mistake. We were just very emphatic on that. And uh-huh. I was so blown away by seeing how excited people were getting because once they made that first call, um, they started getting a little confident. And I can count at least a dozen students that uh, an hour or two later were just jumping up and down saying, I got one, I got one, I got one. Um, and you know, at, at least we're, you know, we're getting an appointment to meet with the seller or talk to them once they got back home. Um, it's yeah. really not that hard. And, and, and one lady was even crying because she overcame her fear of doing that and has now had an appointment with a seller, uh, was going to get a property mm-hmm. under contract. Um, uh, so that's, that's cool that, uh, to hear that's how you got started.
1: Yeah, no, I think, you know, I think, I don't know, it's a 700-pound gorilla for some reason picking up that phone. I'm not, you know, 700-pound weight, I should say, is, yeah. You know, it's really easy. I mean, at the end of the day, the truth is, is especially in today's world, like, you just hang up the phone and call someone else. Like, you, they're not going to jump through the phone and beat you up.
0: Well, what's the worst they can say is no. Uh,
1: <laughs> I mean, no, you are you don't know what you're talking about? I, I mean, I, I really don't know. The truth is, though, they're placing their ad. They're probably happy they got someone to call them. Right. You know, so... I believe, you know, Joe, I don't know if this will help, but, like, I always put myself in the seller's shoes. I never really looked at me as the buyer. I just mm. wanted to, honestly, I just wanted to help the seller. So I just wanted to talk to him and hear him out. I couldn't say anything right or wrong because truth is I really didn't have a motive. My motive was to listen to him, help him out. I knew where I was starting from, so I had to figure out how to put deals together with no cash and no credit. But, um, you know, if I couldn't help him, i just say, you know, let me ask some people around. If I can help you, I will. If not, you know, no harm, no foul. I appreciated that
0: well, that's so key i mean it's i have ditched I've thrown away my script um I used to have this f- fancy script like with they say this, then say that, you know, and yeah. it really all it is is you know, Mr. Seller, tell me about your situation right uh, and then and, uh, and it just asking questions. And then, you know, if I kind of know what I might be able to do for them, I'll ask them something like this. Look, if I could fix that problem or help you move down to Florida so you can be closer to your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if I can make an offer on your house and, and to do this or that, that wouldn't interest you at all or would it? You know, so I, I present my offer in a question. I understand yeah. and, and understanding their pain points. That's the key to it all. That's good. Putting yourself in the seller's shoes. I wrote that down.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so, um, all right. So you um, you started making some phone calls. You start realizing, hey, this really does work. Um, you come back to Ohio. You start doing deals. Were, were you doing some more of the creative type of deals, subject tos, or lease options? Is that what you were doing?
1: Yeah, back then um, when I started again, I honestly had no cat. I was negative. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I really was negative at that point. But um, I, you know, I started on my lease options. That's all I really knew. I'd say, hey, would you, you know, would you lease option me your house? Back then, I didn't understand that you could do, you know, a wholesale lease option like you teach. Um, Yeah. But you know, I always stayed in the deal, managed the deal, and I was always involved all the way through till the end till they purchased it. But, um, yeah, that's what I did. I mean, again, I think that's another challenge people face is they they try to do deals that they, even if it's a great deal, they don't have the capital or the necessary funds at that moment to do it, then they get discouraged. So yeah. when I did that, I, and, again, I did the same thing. I would call real estate brokers, and they're like, oh, you're crazy. That's a get-rich-skit. You know, that doesn't work. And, again, it really wasn't it doesn't work. It's just I was talking to the wrong person. Mm-hmm. I had to start talking to home sellers. That's, I, I, I talked directly to the home seller. Good, good. <laughs> yeah. So, how many years ago so, was that? Almost uh, sixteen.
0: Sixteen years ago. So, yeah, yeah, they didn't. Was the internet even around back then?
1: <laughs> um, honestly, I never even used. I didn't start using the internet till two thousand three. Okay. <laughs> and I wasn't even really using. It. I just got an AOL account, and then I really started using the internet, internet in two thousand four.
0: So when you were. What was the main marketing that you were doing to find sellers when you first got started? Was it just calling classified ads?
1: Uh, yeah, so there, you know, there's push and pull marketing. So I was pushing my marketing on folks by calling them. Yeah. You know, again, I wanted to fuel the fire as quickly as possible. And then I still use this method today because it works like gangbusters for us, but I do bandit signs. Love bandit signs. I love bandit signs, and um, I'll do them until I... <laughs> right. They work on anything. I mean, they work on garage sales. Why wouldn't they work on to get sellers?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I find that uh, I, lo- I, lo- I love I love Banded Signs for finding sellers, but I love it even more for finding buyers.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I get
0: um, I get tons of calls whenever I'm advertising a property. But um, mm-hmm. all right, so kind of explain what's what happened over the next few years. You've you've been through a couple uh, ups and downs in the real estate economy. How has yep. your investing you know, evolved over the years, Mark?
1: Yeah, so initially, you know, when I started young, I was very aggressive, very naive to, you know, I was just very aggressive. I was hungry, I, you know, I was working like an animal. And, um, you know, what happened is I actually bought too many properties, which can happen, and I bought them with the wrong plan in place, meaning I was my own property manager. Now, most entrepreneurs I know are terrible day-to-day managers. They're great deal performers, and they can put deals together and make, make things happen. But when it comes to the day-to-days, watch out. It's a whole other animal. So I, what happened is, I, I mean, I, could, I remember as clear as day, Joe, I, was, I walked up to one of my properties on um, Cypress Avenue in Columbus, Ohio, and I own a bunch of properties in this vicinity. Um, and I walked up to the door, and one of my tenants said, Hey, Mark, I can't pay today blah, 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 blah. She told me her story and I felt for her. She had her little daughter there. She didn't pay. And then all of a sudden, no one paid. Oh yeah. So we had a lot of money going out. And I honestly, I mean, I was young. I had no clue what to do. I had no one there to ask what to do. And it almost caused me bankruptcy. Hmm. And at that moment, though, that's when I started learning about wholesaling real estate. I always knew that in real estate you had to, the only way to make money in real estate is you have to buy right.
2: Right.
1: So I always bought knowing that my, if my tenants will pay my payment, I've bought right in an up or sideways or down market. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant Mm -hmm. because I know where I'm at and I know what needs to come in. So, it forced me to learn wholesaling and that's how I honestly got myself out of bankruptcy, not once, but twice. I mean, again, I'm pretty hard headed. So I did it two times where I nearly went bankrupt because again, I would get real property heavy and terrible. I'd lose sight of the day to day management. I thought it was a big shot. And all of a sudden you look up and you got thousands and thousands of dollars going out and not, not enough thousands and thousands coming in. So, you know again, I understand the motivation of a motivated investor seller because I've been one.
0: <laughs> I totally <So>. relate <laughs> totally relate, but I was in that position when I only had like sixteen homes uh-huh um you probably wow. have more than
1: that, yeah, so it was a great learning curve right I mean a learning time for both of us,
0: oh yeah, because you can't eat equities right mm. And, yep. and cash flow is what pays the bills. And I thought I was making 100 or 200 a month in cash flow. I thought that's what you were supposed to do. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you get a couple vacancies, you get a couple properties that need repair, and all of a sudden that money's gone. And then yep. uh, you, you buy all that property with debt or you're assuming another person's debt. Mm-hmm. And uh, now all of a sudden you're in over your head and, and it's a matter of do I pay my own mortgage or do I pay this seller's mortgage?
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's not a fun place to be. I mean, it got to the point, Joe, at one point in my career where I was in an efficiency apartment, no electric, no gas, literally sitting there with a candle reading books. And uh, I remember I quit paying that. I had no money. (laughs) I mean, I really had no money. This is when you actually read books and went to libraries to research. Hmm. So I remember my landlord coming up to the house, the apartment, and like, you know, knocking on the door and I'd act like I wasn't there because they were trying to collect rent. Wow. So again, I'd go out in the night and come back. I mean, that, this is how I pulled myself out of the, out of that rut for sure.
0: So how'd you learn about wholesaling? What, what got you onto that?
1: Um, you know, again, um, I always, you know, I, I, I think the thing is for me, I'm so laser focused. Like if I learn something, I try not to learn 20 things because then I ultimately do nothing. Yeah. So I'm really, I try to focus and mean it's hard. You got to, <laughs> work at it but you know i i was really very i call it funnel vision you know i was very i knew what i wanted and i just looked at the funnel and it just you know just tried to get laser targeted so i did amazing in the lease option space but then i i lost fo- I, I had zero focus on the management space and then the management space caused me to find a different avenue to exit that so i just started again i, I read books um mentors are the biggest key yeah. um I think at that point, the truth is, I'm trying to remember, but I, I think it was $2,000. I paid someone $2,000 for a one-month mentoring session to teach me how to mentor for wholesaling. There was a wholesaler I knew, and I asked him if he'd help me. He's like, yeah, how much are you going to pay me? And I was like, well, I'll give you $2,000. I mean, it's literally everything I had. So I didn't pay the house payments <laughs> that month for some of the houses. Yeah, But I paid them knowing that I would be able to push myself out of the p- position I was in because, again, I knew – this guy was slick. He would teach me, and I, uh, you know, I was gonna ask him real questions, and more importantly, go implement what he told me. Oh yeah. So, that's that's really how I learned books and mentor.
0: So you started wholesaling properties, and mm-hmm. um, you started realizing that you can get a property under contract at a discount, um, yep. or even on good terms, and you yeah, there's there's somebody else out there who wants that contract, and you can sell it to them for a profit.
1: Yeah, so initially what I did, I focused on my properties. I had on, on I guess you would say, my portfolio at that time because those were my biggest dogs that I had, you know, they were just sucking me dry. So I could offer terms on, the, some of them I sold with terms and some of my I sold just outright, you know, because I did have a mortgage on, the, you know, owner financing on the properties, so a.k.a. a mortgage, I guess, in essence. So instead, they would just buy my position for a fee, right? Yeah. Just like you said, I would just sell my position for X, you know, Back then, I mean, it was 500 to $3,000. It wasn't a whole lot.
0: But you could even still sell your position on terms, couldn't you?
1: Yeah, that's what I did. That's what I mean. I, I sold uh, – yeah, I definitely could have, yes.
0: That That's the beautiful thing about this business, and especially when you create notes. I mean, forget about finding notes and brokering them and discounting these notes. Why don't you create notes? You can find uh. these incredible deals – and sell them to an investor for a couple hundred, five hundred a month, a thousand a month. And do mm-hmm. that all day,
1: all day. Okay. I, I, lo- I call it trifecta profits. We do it every day. I love it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was just great. talking to a seller today. Um, this was a house in an area that I'm not interested in. It would just been too much work for too little profit. And mm-hmm. um, but I told her, I said, look, you know what? I don't think I can help you, but I have something better for you. If I I can teach you how to do this stuff, she was interested in lease optioning her house. And I told mm-hmm. her, look, I said, I can teach you how to do this, um, and you'll make more money if you do it yourself. Right. You can just hire me as a consultant. And uh, she was actually really interested in that and said, well, I need to think about it. And I told her, you know, my fee is simple. It's just one month's rent, and you have to pay me that up front. Mm-hmm. Um but she's gonna. I had to get off the phone. I had another appointment to make. But you know, even if she um, didn't have one month's month rent up front, mm-hmm. I'd be willing to structure a note with her and uh, collect one month's rent over two or three months period. I mean, just for a couple phone calls and send her a couple emails. You know, <laughs> that's the beautiful thing about this business, and that also then relieves me of the burden of trying to figure out what to do with this house in this neighborhood that I'm not interested in. Um, So you could offer you even your services. You could create notes as an investor and sell your services as a consultant to sellers and even collect uh, payments for that. Um, I I love this creative real estate business, but,
1: so yeah, i love it one thing one thing you did joe if you don't mind me not saying yeah the key is you talk you talk the language properly to her because you didn't say hey pay me a thousand dollars you said pay me one month's rent
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know same 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 end result but different language will get you different results all day long right yeah that's huge that's great that's awesome
0: well the other key is i talked to her <laughs> <You>
1: <laughs> know? yeah that's true i answered
0: the phone when she called so many students I have, you know, they do a bunch of marketing and and they they wait 2 or 3 days to call their sellers back. I can understand if you're busy, but you're just not going to do anything. you're not going to get very far um yeah. if you do that. All right, so you started wholesaling properties um and how many how many years ago was that when you started you really grabbed on the concept of wholesaling, Mark?
1: Um. Well, you know, so it was my, you know, about a year and a half into my first, so uh, I was probably about 19 and a ish 20 years old. And then um, that's when I started discovering the wholesaling, did really well. Again, you know, I was young, so I, I, I and I'm just being transparent, Is like I started making decent money again, and I got cocky again. And I thought I didn't need mentors. I thought I didn't need people. I never had a financial mentor around me. I always had, like, people teaching me how to make it, but never how to keep it. Yeah. Which just two different things. uh uh-huh. <laughs> So... You know, I started making a lot of money again. I thought it was a big shot, you know, young, making decent thousand, you know, lots of thousands of dollars a month. And I was like, well, you know, I must have figured this out again. So I'm a hot, you know, hot pants or whatever. And then all of a sudden, boom, it happened again. You know, again, I wasn't marketing like I used to. I wasn't answering the phones, calling people back. It's the same exact thing you just said earlier. So, and again, that, that, that's when I was like, you know, I got to get serious about the wholesaling business. I mean, we were doing rehabs, wholesaling. We started doing a bunch, when I say we, me. Started doing a lot of different strategies just to, you know, keep the electricity on again. Yeah. Second time when I nearly went bankrupt. And that was about five years when I started learning. So my sixth year into it. Okay. So
0: what have you been doing since?
1: Uh, What have I been doing since? So I did that. And the truth is I started working. And my problem is I love this business like you do, Joe. So it's easy to consume your days and your life very fast. Yeah. So. You know, I had a big office in Columbus. I had a lot of people working with me. And, you know, I liked to be in the big shot. I, You know, again, I enjoyed it, you know, making things happen. It's fun. I like doing deals, deal making. So, um, honestly, October 8, 2005, my grandmother passed away unexpectedly. She went to the doctor, just normal checkup. And they said, hey, you have two weeks max. You have stage four cancer.
2: Wow.
1: And um, to me, that was kind of like, again, I was rather young. I was 27-ish. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I always kind of had a different perspective of life because, you know, I've always paid kind of semi-paid attention to, like, life is short, so we got to live it to the fullest.
2: Right.
1: And, um, you know, that happened. And really, my grandmother, she was tough as nails, and we, it was always a family joke that she was going to live forever. But, you know, that one that one moment she went there, changed her life, and she died, you know, 14 days later. And I started doing some soul searching and saying, you know, I love making money, I love doing real estate, I love helping these things out, but... Am I am I enjoying life to where I can enjoy it? So, um, I started going down through some scary paths and uh, asking myself some questions that you know most people are afraid to answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, just soul searching and one and honestly I took one piece of yellow paper and started writing out what would my ideal lifestyle look like? Hmm. And, you know, from family to, you know, traveling to you know, not, and when, not when I say family, like my parents and then my the girlfriend at the time. And I was like, you know, I want to go to Florida and live on the ocean in South Beach and never done it. And I want to go for a month. And um, honestly, I sit in my office pouring down rain 9:00 nine o'clock at night. I was like, I'm done. I was, I was beat up. And um, I left the office. Did ne- I never came back. I, I didn't even come back to clean it out. I actually paid someone to go over and clean it out for me. But um, I called my team and said, hey... I'm going to Florida for a month and they're like, what, how, you know, you know, all the, everything, people freak out.
2: Yeah.
1: And the truth is I, that day I became virtual December 31st, 2005.
0: Virtual.
1: Virtual. So, um, I did that and one month turned into two and a half years. We traveled all over the world for two and a half years straight. And I got bored with traveling. I kind of got sick of it. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Uh, but again, while I was traveling, you know, I was, you know, you know learning how to do deals virtually how to overcome closing companies saying you need to be there to sign cuz they're old school or you know hey i need the funds how do i transfer them without going to the bank and signing the wire documents you know there's all online banking now oh, yeah. so i mean a lot of things have really developed at a whole i mean i can i can send money in 2 minutes to anybody in the world you know via online and you know in seconds yeah so it's very neat now to be able to do that and um, you know, closing docs—you got DocuSign, you got fax, scan, and all this stuff. Now it just makes life so much easier when doing virtual deals. So I did a lot of those, and then I was in Italy. We bought a house in Georgia, you know, and I got bored in Georgia. Then we started traveling again, and I've been on the road since December first, two thousand ten.
0: Now, uh, I want to get to that, but you, you, what you were just saying reminded me of something. Just a few weeks ago, I discovered a way that you can notarize documents online. Um, oh wow, what is it? Well, there's a uh, there's a company and I don't know, I think the website is signnow.com.
1: Oh yes, yes, yes. It is signnow.com. Yeah, and you yes.
0: can actually notarize a document online in Virginia. And the every state is required to recognize a notary from any other state, right? So, uh, Virginia was actually the first state to actually pass a law that made it legal to accept online notaries. And so basically you get online with a webcam with a notary in Virginia and they will actually witness you signing a document and verify your IDs with the webcam online and they'll notarize it, stamp it and send you a PDF scan of it. Um, it's amazing what we've, how far we've come now even with that.
1: Um, Yeah. And it's it's super affordable too, right? Again, I've heard, I've never used I t Honestly, I totally forgot about it. You just said that, but yeah, it's a super affordable.
0: Well, this was just a month ago that this law finally passed. Um, this, Uh if you go to his website, he has a blog on that website. I believe I'll have a link to that in the show notes, but, um, a friend of mine, Justin Lee, who we just interviewed recently, uh, just used them to close a deal in San Diego. Um, but what he did is he used a power of attorney to. Uh, he used the notary to sign a power of attorney to give his business partner the right to actually sign and close the deal. Um, but because of that online notary, it worked. But anyway, um, all right. So 2010, you're 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 living in well all over the world, and you're traveling. You're getting sick of traveling at the time, right. but you start doing it again in 2010. What what caused you to? Um, to, to what, what happened at this t- point in time?
1: Yeah, honestly, you know, we had a big house out in Georgia. We had a, a big house. We were doing events once in a while out there and, um, which was great. We met a lot of great people, but the truth is, again, it's just like, you know, we're younger. Um, my uh, fiance was turning 30 and, I'm um, getting ready to turn 30 uh-huh. and she's like, you know, before we have kids and get married and do all this stuff, why don't we travel one more time and do it real big? I said, okay, let's try it. <laughs> I mean, what's the worst case scenario? We say we so you know on, on the books we put for five years. Our goal is to travel for five years. But if we stop today, I'd be happy. If we stop next month, I'll be happy. So you know, I never and, and the way we travel, like we honestly, and I'm, I'm say this, and Joe, I think you know this. Like I really don't know where I'm going. Yeah. Within two days before we're going there, like we wake up and say, <laughs> hey, let's go to St. Louis. Right. We ended up in St. Louis and I get to hang out with Joe and, you know, I'm hanging out in a pretty cool part of town. And, you know, so that's kind of, you know, I, I think especially today's world with the Internet and everything that exists, I mean, it's just so easy to be, you know, just very, I mean, on the flow. Like, so uh, our goal is five years. And um, like I said, you know, we're uh, we we're in into almost two years soon.
0: <laughs> and uh, you were, you just got back from India. How long were you there?
1: Uh, we're actually in Asia. We did six, six countries in six month uh, six weeks. Wow. So it was a pretty tough trip. It beat me up pretty good, but
0: yeah.
1: Um, it's, uh, it was fun. <laughs>
0: now you're still, you're still flipping deals as you travel the world.
1: Correct. Yeah. I mean, as you know, it's funny, I'm sitting at, it was very tough when I was in, cause we were in Cambodia and all these places. But again, you have Skype. I, I had zero cell phone, yeah. perfect cell phone, outgoing message. Yeah. But, um, I have, um, you know, with Skype, you know, everybody knew I was traveling and they always do. So they was just email me and then I contact them at my convenience. The problem being over there, you're ahead of time. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like five in the afternoon on Tuesday and you're closing a deal at 3 PM on Monday, whatever the time difference was. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty, you know, that was probably the hardest part mentally you know, knowing when I should be drinking alcohol or not. <laughs> so right. I had to be careful with that.
0: <laughs> so why don't you talk a little bit briefly about your operation then? I mean, how are you wholesaling these deals while you're traveling the world with your fiancé?
1: Okay, yeah. So, you know, we, we build I, – i I've been talking about this my entire life. I, and I guess I didn't say that. So when I really started understanding wholesaling, something hit me like a ton of bricks and here's what the ton of bricks was. I had five contracts lined up, and they were really good deals, but I had no buyers to buy them.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So what I, what I did at that moment, this was like 2001-ish, maybe? And um, so I honest, I started building a buyer's list. I never focused on the sellers because it was funny. Like, you'd go to these RIA clubs or any real estate meeting, and everybody has the same problem. Hey, Mark, I had this great deal, but you want to buy it. Hey, Mark, you want to buy it? You want to buy it? And I'm like... I can't buy everything, nor would I want to, so instead of focusing on what, I mean, again, so everybody has these great deals, why not go find buyers, ask them what they want, and then go find it for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I became that guy that was putting the deals together. I call it tool booth investing. I was kind of like the guy, you know, when you go through a tool booth, the seller goes one side, the buyer goes the other side, and I just hand the deed to each one. I take the deed from the seller, hand it to the buyer, and I collect the fee for the difference. Right. So to me, um, that's my operation. I go out, I build a buyer's list. I'm always nurturing the buyer's list. That's the most important thing I could ever share with anybody. Always be building a buyer's list. Educate them, share with them, and keep them motivated. And, um, you know, keep them them entertained. I think that's key. And uh, so when those are going on, they tell us, hey, Mark, you know, I have $40,000 to invest. I'm looking to purchase a property on the Midwest. You know, I'm okay with, you know, as long as it's turnkey, et cetera. And then myself, you know, and my team will start marketing to get those types of deals. And those deals are everywhere, by the way.
0: Well, we could probably so, spend an hour talking about how you find those deals. <laughs> Cause that's,
1: yeah. and, and well, these do a great job meeting people. I mean, you, you, you're the deal finder as well. I mean, you find great deals fast.
0: Well, yeah, they're out there. There's, oh, yeah. there's deals everywhere and there's buyers everywhere yeah. as well. Um, so okay, so you're you're still wholesaling properties. that's that's your main uh, business revenue right now, right?
1: So uh, my main business revenue is definitely um, um, holds I have you know some holdings, okay. and then um, you know we do we have a large volume in the wholesale business as well. yes.
0: Where are you wholesaling most of your deals now?
1: I love the Midwest. So we do mostly right now in Ohio, Atlanta, Georgia in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania market, as well as Arkansas. All
0: right, so you have a team, then, that um, I like what you're doing. You're, you're focusing on finding the buyers, right? Correct. And so would you mind sharing a little bit about some of the things you do to find the buyers and build your buyers list?
1: Yeah, no, not at all. I actually call it leverage, L-O-V-E-R-A-G-E. you got to give them some love, leverage your knowledge, share the you – know, and then get involved with them. So either we'll place ads on Craigslist, bandit signs, and um, once you get more experience, you can start investing and in buying traffic to a squeeze page. And that's just one page. Actually, Joe, what we have on our squeeze page is just a picture of, of us in Anguilla. Uh, Dina and I on the beach. I'm holding a beer. Dina's holding a cocktail. Someone took a picture of us. And I threw that online and put a squeeze, you know, a, a, an email capture box there. Yeah. You know, the area where they put their email in and push submit for a report. Oh, yeah. So all I did is write a report for them. Um, I think the report is seven emails long, if I remember correctly. And um, I give them, you know, steps, kind of like what we're doing now. We'll give them real steps and things that they can go and use. And, you know, we send a 1,000 people there. Out of 1,000, thousand three hundred ninety people put their information in. Out of those 390, X will do X, and then X will do XX. And it's just a numbers game at that point, and our goal is to extract Hungry, motivated, serious investor buyers. And um, just nurturing them, just sharing it with them. And, you know, again, you have to always be in front of them. And I see a lot of people lose focus of that. um, And they're not, you know, constantly branding to them and with them. You know, like, talk about your travels. talk about. I mean, a lot of people know where I'm traveling and what we're doing on our list. I mean, they're like, hey, safe travels. Like, when you can get them to interact, build trust, rapport, relationship, um, I really think it take, separates you from so many other investors out there. What
0: well, makes you look more real? Yeah, yeah. All right. So you get Absolutely. these you get these investor buyers. They they want to start buying deals. Um, uh-huh. You you go out and find deals for them, and do you find out what they're looking for, and then go find the deals. How do you how do you do that?
1: Yeah. So if I was brand new, what I would do is I would I, I would crowdsource. Meaning, if you have five investors that would say, "Hey, Mark." I want to buy a, um, a three bedroom, two bath house on the west side for 50000 or less cash and uh, only 5000 in max rehab. Those are the types of deals I'd look for. We're not agents, right? So if you'd go and get the buyer before, you know, and collect the money and then go find the deal, you're kind of acting as an agent a right. little bit. Yeah. You might want to be careful with that. But what we do is we you know we're kind of crowdsourcing. We're asking the crowd, the people that we're going to sell to, what are they looking for? And if five people come to us and out of those five, three of them are looking for the same kind of property. Those are the top. That's the first property we're going to start with as a beginner. Right. Three bedroom, two bath, you know, corner lot in West side of town, thousand dollar a month's rent. We can get it for 33,000 plus our $10,000 options, our our, uh, assignment fee plus X, you know, plus the rehab. So we're just going to make it, keep it real simple and clean. And then that's how we would structure those deals with our buyers. we contract with the seller. We take the contract, sell it to our buyer or present it initially. And whichever one says yes, we would sell it to
0: <laughs> Good. So these are properties in all kinds of condition. I
1: mean, they... Yeah, I like to do most most of my properties now. Um, I usually try not to go over $5,000 in repairs.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, so you're getting good discounts, but you're also looking at Cash flow. A lot of the investor buyers that you are finding, they're more concerned about cash flow than they are equity. Is that isn't that right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, I see a lot of people trip off on that again because you said it earlier. You cannot eat equity. Mm-hmm. So I always teach people invest in cash flow, not cat- You know, in equity, and um, that's what your real investors will do. They want they want a good return of their money.
0: Now I'm also assuming um, you you have the teams in place for these investors, right? I mean, you can tell them, hey, I got a contractor that you can use here. I have a title company. I have a realtor. I have a property management company, et cetera. Is that right?
1: Yeah, better known as turnkey, right? Yeah. So what we do, and again, what I recommend everybody do, especially in the beginning, we usually give two to three recommendations of people that's already went out to the property that told us what they could do and what they can do and how much it will be again, as a beginning investor, you don't want to get yourself in that position where someone buys out of state, which is 99% of our clients are all out of state buyers. Yeah. So they'll never go to the house ever. So what will happen is, you know, we give them and say, Hey, you make the choice. Talk to each one. You make the decision. So if we say, Hey, you have to use this person. This is the person you use and something goes south, which can always happen, especially contractors, right, Joe? Oh yeah. I mean, that's contractors 101. So it could happen, and then so it keeps you kind of out of the, you know, trouble and or say, oh, you told me to use them, and it didn't work out, you know, so just keep that conversation, you know, out of the loop. Yeah. But, um, yeah, absolutely, turnkey was a very, very strong opportunity there in turnkey business.
0: So when you're saying turnkey, though, are you talking about the house is already rehabbed, rented, or you mean turnkey as here's the team that you, um, you can use? at least three or four recommendations of each to go ahead and do the finish the rehab yourself and find a tenant and all et cetera.
1: Correct. I guess for me, it means both. I mean, okay. I, I think I let the property determine what that turnkey piece means. Is it turnkey to the investor buyer that we're going to have three contractors, three property managers, three insurance companies, et cetera. And, or are we going to say, again, even if it does have um, a tenant in place a certain turn, meaning turnkey as well, we're gonna recommend two real estate agents or excuse me, two real estate property managers. Right. Again, we, we try never to give them, say, hey, point at this one. We'll tell which one we like the best, but again at the end of the day you want to give them options for due diligence, et cetera.
0: All right. So you get now you get some buyers, you just got a couple more questions here. Um, okay. you get some buyers, they wanna go, they they you find three or four that are looking for a similar home in a similar area. Um, what do you do next? You already have marketing going on, I'm assuming, in that area. Do you start making offers on the MLS? Do you start doing bandit signs, uh, getting the classified ads and calling sellers? What do you guys do next after that?
1: Yeah, for me, honestly, I I really don't deal a whole lot with the MLS at all, actually. Um, I I love doing postcards, yellow letters. Um, I love Craigslist. I love FSBO.com. I love bandit signs. So, again, reach out to other investors. I think that's such a big key is reach out to other investors that have done the MLS, that has these properties all tied up. But, again, remember they focused on sellers, not the buyers. So they're kind of stuck. And, Joe, I'm sure you've talked to people that are like, oh, my gosh, you know, I need to sell this. I only got three days left on this contract. Oh, yeah. So those are the type of people that we liked because, number one, their investor mindset, so I don't have to educate them on, Hey, I'm going to assign this property. Are you okay with that? They already understand that. Mm-hmm. And so you take out a whole two-hour conversation and they get it immediately. So that that gets thrown out. It just expedites the process. So reach out to, again, you should always be nurturing that investor relationship in your local market where you're investing. And when I say local, it doesn't have to mean you have to live there. If you're investing in that area, that's your local market. Yeah. So we reach out to them. That's probably our fastest path is, you know, you, you contact 20, 30, 40, 50 investors, depending on how big your market is. The email, this is all done automatic, actually. You just send an email. Say, hey, I have a buyer interested in this area. If you have any deals, if it makes sense, send them me an email. You get two or three, five people to respond and you start building, you know, talking like that. If you're brand new, have nothing, just start, jump online. Call the We Buy Guys. Drive around town in the area. Call the We Buy Guys and the We Buy Gals and go to the local events and, you know, you'll you'll really see people that need your help if you're putting buyers together.
0: Well, the the key to this, all that you're saying is, you have the buyers who have the money, right? Yes. And um, that's that's key. And you've already these these buyers have gone through your kind of pre screening process, and uh, these other investors need you.
2: Yes,
0: and uh, you're able to, um, you know, negotiate a good price mark the price up a little bit to sell to your end buyer. It's excellent. So, Mark, what do you, if you don't mind me asking, about how many deals are you doing a month right now or or a year using strategies like this?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, we're we're involved in over 30 deals a month consistently every month. And when I say involved, I mean, I have my hands in it in one way, shape, or form. Um, But, again, I always say that cautiously. Here's why. Yeah. Number one, I don't think most people will ever do that many deals, nor do they want to, or do they have to. Um, we are, you know, we're a real business. That's what we do. I think a lot of people listening could make an amazing living, um, you know, doing one or two deals a month if they've done it right, you know. Because, again, to me, it's not about the money. It's not about doing more deals. It's really about the financial freedom that we are, you know, and the time freedom that the financial freedom gives you. I want the time. The time, again, October 8, two thousand. Five was my grandmother's last breath. Yeah. So to me, she, you know, what's that worth if she, could, if we could have bought another day, another month, another year? You know, there's so many things she put off until she was older that she never got to do because she was too, you know, she put it off. I mean, that's what most people do. So I, I've worked really hard to build my business to force feed my time life, you know, to give me time to do every crazy thing I've wanted to do.
0: Right. Well, it, and- so, that's really valuable. In fact, it reminded me um, we interviewed a guy, a couple guys on our first few episodes of this podcast. And if, and if you have not listened to that, you should go check it out, guys. It's um, yeah. it's an interview I did with uh, Sean McCloskey and another guy, Steve Cook, and we talked about the life and air concept. And it's there's right. there's more to being happy and successful than money. Um, it's about mm-hmm. having a life that uh, is worth living, and, and understanding what's most important to you designing your life first and then designing a business that fits around what your life what you want your life to look at look like mm. that was key for me because Absolutely. when i was in the corporate world or even when i was starting my own business when i was looking at my goals and strategies and vision for my life i had my business at the center of it you know but this is what i have to do to make a living and then i tried to fit in my life around that and i've changed that sense because I realize, you know what, um, I don't want to wait until I'm 50, 60 years old just before I start traveling the world. Why Why can't I take my kids around the world now and go go to Prague and go to Ireland and and, and go to Costa Rica, show my kids the world now um, while they're still at home? And the great thing about this business, which gets me so excited, is you can do these deals virtually as you have proven um, you know, you're right. You know, not everybody on this call is going to get to thirty deals a month. I mean, most probably ninety nine percent of the people here would be half with with would be happy with three deals a month. Um, right. But so that uh, I just wanted to 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 emphasize that that y- your turning point in your life sounds like it was when your grandmother passed away, and that and
1: yeah, it was just an eye opening thing. Again, I mean, it's like wow. Like she was like my, one of my biggest mentors in my life. Right. Yeah. So. You know, so it's someone I always looked up to, always wanted to be like, and, you know, I appreciate it so much. So, again, right at that point, that's when I sat down and really started, you know, exactly what you said. I created my ideal lifestyle and said, how can I create something that will allow me to do everything I just put down on paper? Not yeah. just to write it down, but to, like, how to actually enjoy it and implement it.
0: Right. It, it is different. it is within your reach, guys. It is within your reach. Oh, Mm-hmm. All right, so cool. Um, we're we're almost done Absolutely. here, Mark. I wanted to um, ask uh, you how people can g- get in touch with you, and also uh, you got something cool coming up. You're giving away a house, is that right?
1: Yes, we are. We're giving away a house September first. That's right.
0: <laughs> September first. That's why I wanted to record this as quickly as possible. But first, talk about um, how can people get a hold of you, Mark, if they want more information about you know what you do and your business and stuff like that.
1: You can uh, check me out at www.markevansdm.com. That'd be a great starting point. Uh, you know, a lot of great free articles over there, always uh, sharing information as much as possible, keeping people up to date with what we're doing and uh, um, how to do it themselves.
0: Mark Evans DM. DM stands for dealmaker, right?
1: Yes, Deal Maker to the real estate world and dreammaker to my mother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> DM, com. So talk a little bit about what, uh, what you're doing now with giving this house away. That, that sounds interesting to me.
1: Yeah, so this will actually be, um, I, I believe, well, I think this will be the, one, the fifth one I've been involved in in the U.S. We've done a lot of them in Haiti. But um, this will be the fifth one I've been involved. This will be the second one I've been 100% um, involved, meaning I'm doing it myself, where we're taking a house, rehabilitating it 100%, fully furnishing it down to the toothbrushes and toothpaste, And um, giving it um, to a homeless vet um, in here in Columbus, Ohio. Sweet. So, you know, we have to find a family. You know, we work hard to find a family. And, uh, you know, again, giving them, this is not a handout, by the way. I don't believe in handouts at all. This is a hand up. Because when I say giving it to them, we actually make them pay a dollar a month for 10 years. And at the end of 10 years, we give them the deed to the property. So they pay uh, $1,200, I think, or... Not even that. What is it? Twelve? One hundred forty-four dollars for a house. Yeah. So we do that because uh, again, we've all been taught. If you've always been given things all your life, you don't appreciate it as much. And the truth is, giving someone a hand up and allowing them to give you know, invest a dollar every single month in their house and be a great place for their family to live. I think it gives them, a, you know, that right or sense of ownership that allows them to grow and become bigger and better.
0: Yeah. Well that's awesome especially a vet yeah I'm excited for it God bless our vets um, all right so what um, you and I are going to record a uh, teleconference call we're going to be doing a little uh, webinar teleconference uh, talking more uh-huh. about that and how people can get um, some more information about that um, okay. but this has uh, so we're going to be giving out more information uh, about this program and um, <clears throat> excuse me It'll be in the show notes. It'll also be in an email that I'm going to send out. Um, but you're doing a, a bus tour kind of related to this at the same time. Is that right?
1: Yeah, actually, we're inviting some people down. Cool. They can join us on the bus tour. We're looking at properties and how we do deals and what they look like and all that. And then also be a part of the house giveaway.
0: Nice. So a lot more information we're going to be giving you, um, you guys about that. So check the show notes out. Go to realestateinvestingmastery.com. Uh, go to Mark Evans' website at MarkEvansDM.com. But we're going to be doing a short little teleconference call that um, uh, you can listen to that explains more information about that. And um, I'm really excited. I think this is uh, quite honorable what you're doing, Mark, helping these vets. And you're, you're going to be working with Habitat for Humanity or something? Did you mention
1: that? Yeah, um, actually it's going to be Wounded Warriors. Wounded, okay, okay. So we're working with the, directly with the Wounded Warrior Association. Yeah?
0: I, I've heard of them. All right. Well, thanks, Mark. Um, I sure appreciate you taking the time to uh, to share a little bit about this. And I'm looking forward to hearing more about this bus tour that you're doing and uh, how you're going to be giving this home away to a vet.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to share.
0: All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks, everybody. Go to realestateinvestingmastery.com. Leave us a review on iTunes. And uh, we appreciate all of you. Take care.